Good morning. Happy New Year. I love getting to do the welcome the first Sunday of the year every year because I get to say things like, you haven't missed church once all year long. <laughs> Keep it up, folks. Way to go. It's a, it's a wonderful record to have. Welcome to worship on this Epiphany Sunday. You know, Epiphany is one of those things that, that you're not really sure exactly what it means in the, church, the life of the church calendar. This is one of the ones that we celebrate the coming of the wise men to the, to the stable in the manger. If nothing else, it gives you an excuse to keep your Christmas decorations up. Okay, good, yeah. So there's, a, there's an ecclesiastical reason to keep your decorations up all year long as far as I'm concerned. But, but as, as they're up and we celebrate that God in his wisdom put that star for wise men to follow. And you know what a beautiful thing about that is? God is still calling wise men to himself. He is still calling people to his work and his service. And that is one of our responsibilities. As we gather to worship, we are responding to his call. So as we gather, may we live in the light of his love in all that we do. And may his worship, may his praise be made glorious today. So let me read for, from Matthew's gospel account of the coming of the wise men. This beautiful story as we continue to live in the light of this season. From Matthew chapter 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. And Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child and Mary with his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in God, by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. As we begin worship this morning, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for sending your Son. Thank you for drawing men to you, for drawing all people to you, Lord, by your star, by your light, by the truth of your gospel. That we, Lord, today in 2019 may set our sights on you, where you would have us go, what you would have us do, and to whom you would have us go and speak. As we gather this, this morning, Lord, this first Sunday of this new year, may we commit again to serving you with our whole hearts. We come to you saying you are good, you are worthy of our praise, and we love you, Lord Jesus. May through our worship, through our reverence and silence, the reading of your scripture and the hearing of your word, Lord, may we honor you with our worship today. Continue to come and shape our hearts to be more like yours in this service. We ask all this in your holy and powerful name. Amen.
Well, amen. I know you're eager to get in on the worship. So find your hymnal. Take it to 117. As with gladness, men of old, let's stand and worship together. That's the best you've sung all year long. Way to go. Welcome those around you to worship. We turn now to our scripture reading this morning from Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I hope you'll read this in the context of John chapter 6. And I'm just going to, I hope that you read all of 6, the, the whole chapter. There's so much in there that Jesus said and did. And when you read this passage from Deuteronomy, it really understand where Jesus is putting into context. So here's Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 4. It says, you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness for these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord." Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. As we continue to worship, let everyone take your hymnals once more and turn to hymn 107, singing, O Come, Little Children, standing together as we do.
seated. Save me some room. Save me some room. Can I fit in there? Is that all right? All right, I'm going to come sit right here. All right. Good morning. So good to see all of you this morning. Come on down. I've got some, I have something to show you this morning. <clears throat> Special to me. You'll get to see it. All right, keep coming. Keep coming. Come on down. All right. Now, what am I holding? Can you see, can you see what I'm holding here? Is it, a binder? It, it is a big binder with a picture of a baby on it. Does anybody know what this big binder with a picture of a baby on it is? Do you have any clue? That, that is me. That's me. It's a little baby. That's right. That's right. Some of you know I've, I've shared this before. This is a binder that my dad gave me when I graduated high school. It has everything I ever did in it when I was a little boy. <laughs> Every, every report card, every newspaper clipping, every certificate, everything I ever had, it was, it was really sweet of my parents, my dad to do this for me. I want us to look at something today, because today we're talking about report cards. Is, is that, have any of you gotten a report card before? Do we know what a report card is? Right, when you get a grade at school after six weeks or so many weeks, you get, uh, your teachers give you a grade, right, and they send that home to your parents. I want us to look at one of my report cards. There's one on here with a note I want us to see. So I'm going to flip. This is a, a report card from eighth grade, and it has a, there's, a, there's a comment up at the top. I have one grade that's lower than the rest of it, and the comment up at the top, it says, fails to bring homework. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of sad, isn't it? Fails to bring homework. But if you'll also notice, if you look on, if you can see on here, I don't know if you can see on here, it has, hand, it has my mom's handwriting all on here. And it looks like my mom made an appointment to go see that teacher and figure out why I didn't bring in my homework. Why did you think I didn't bring in my homework? Because you forgot. I forgot. What the rest of you? Why do you think I didn't bring in my homework? I was lazy? Oh, man. Why else did I not bring in my homework? Why else do you think? Well, because... Frankly, this was, I was in eighth grade. I don't remember why I didn't take my homework. Why do, you, why do you think? Yeah, just say it out loud. Why didn't I turn in my homework? Forgot it. Forgot it? Yeah. And you, and you, I was playing video games. I may, I may have been instead of doing my homework. That, that There may be others of us in the crowd, right? Why, how it's maybe watching. There's no telling what I was doing and why I failed to bring my homework right there. But I want you to think about this. As we're uh, listening to the sermon today, I want you to listen. To, in the sermon today, we're talking about report cards. What's the best grade you can get on a report card? You say an, an A, right? Normally it's an A. Sometimes there's other systems. A plus, that's right. So A, what's, what's, what's typically the worst grade you can get on a report card? What is that? Like an F minus zero. I don't, I don't know if that's it. And I think you're right. F minus zero. All of those are very bad, right? So in, in, today, in today's sermon, I want you to listen. We're talking about Fs. Uh, when you do what you're not supposed to do, and you get an F. And we're talking about getting A's when you do what you're supposed to do. And I want you to listen real carefully, because there's something in life, there's a way in life we can get an A uh, through Jesus Christ. In fact, it's the only way that we can do it. So I want you to listen through the sermon, and listen for all those ways we get F's, kind of in life, and how we can get an A in life, okay? Through Jesus Christ. So listen for Jesus and that A that we get at the end, okay? Let's pray together, and we'll go. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. Lord, we pray that you would continue to teach us and grow us up into your men and women of God, men and women of your kingdom. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Let's sing about the bread of life, everyone. Take your hymnals and turn to 263. Again, as you sing these, pray these unto the Lord and prepare your heart to hear from his word today. Let's stand together. 263.
as we prepare to read from the scripture, would you remain standing, please? If you would, find your listening sheet. It looks like this. The scripture for the day is at the top. We're going to read that together. It sets the stage first. This is, there's a larger setting of this text that we've been reading all week in John chapter 6. And this is a difficult, controversial text uh, for them then and for the church uh, since then. Uh, this is the passage where Jesus says, uh, you will eat my flesh and drink my blood. And immediately following that, we, we have this here in John 6, 60. So this then is the text for today. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, Does this cause you to stumble? What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. And he was saying, for this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. May God bless the reading of his word. We are going to begin uh, this morning with a, a bit of a confession time. Uh, much like the children's sermon. What is, what is the worst grade you ever made? Through all of your schooling, did you ever make an F? I have to tell you, uh, one of the worst grades I ever made. I, I remember it well, and I have an excuse. And you need to hear my excuse. This is my own confession. And I was at Baylor, it was my sophomore year at Baylor, and it was one of my ministry guidance classes. It's the classes I should have been doing the best in, um, but I bombed. Now, this all starts with the flu, and that's what you need to know. I had had the flu for a week, and I, I, I really was sick. I was in bed for, for, for like a week. And then I wasn't even completely over. So I was, I was trying to do the honorable thing. It, it, my, I wasn't over the flu, but it had been a week. And I was like, I need to get up this morning and go to class. So I got up that morning, and I, I went to class, and I sat in my first class of the day. And the professor was handing out papers. And I, I started to get worried. I thought, was there an assignment that I missed? Like, what, what is he handing back to us? And then I soon realized he wasn't handing something back, but he was handing out a test that I did not know that we were taking. And so I went ahead and took the test. And I, I was in this medicated haze as I took the test. I didn't feel 100%, and um, I made a 52 on that exam, made an F. It was, it was the worst grade I ever made. I was devastated. There was a, this giant F sort of written on my record, and this giant F remained on my record because in a moment of confidence, I shared this story with one of my former music ministers, and he thought it was funny, and he went and asked the professor about the story, and he said, is this true? And the professor said, absolutely, it's true. In fact, I still have that test and that grade in my filing cabinet. <laughs> so it's still there. I still, on my Baylor report card until this day, a giant F. And that makes me, me wonder beyond school into our, our lives. How would we do if we got a report card on our lives? If every six weeks or so we received a report card uh, from our God on how we've been, on what we've been up to, how would we do? I mean, how many F's do you think would have built up by now? See, a lot of us, we, we spent uh, our entire teenage years trying to get, get away from report cards and get away from school. But, but what if God did this? How would we do? Because I imagine my life report card would be far worse than my school report cards. You know, some of us, we, we, we begin to believe if this happened, you know, if, if God was were going to give us a grade, and, you know, A through F or whatever, 
um, a lot of us think, well, we wouldn't have any Fs out there because we, we attribute an F with something like, like murder. And, well, I haven't done that, so I haven't gotten an F. Or we think, well, I haven't built any golden calves. I I'd never was at, at the worst, the, the, the bottom where Israel was, so, so maybe I don't have an F. Or may, maybe worse, some of us, when we imagine a situation like this, the way we live this out is more on a reverse curve. And this is what I mean by this. Some of us in our lives, we, we start to consider and examine ourselves. And as we do that, we, we think about the people in our lives who are worse than us. Right? If, if we can find somebody in our life that, well, I'm doing better than that person. Or I'm doing better than her. Or I'm doing better than him. Then surely that's the F. Where if, if we were grading, we would want this grace to be, there, there's a line where the worst person in the world gets an F. And then above that, everybody else passes. Or at least that, that's the way we sort of live this out on this kind of reverse curve. But God does something very different. In fact, there's all kinds of actions, there's all kinds of things in our lives that bring this giant F on our life report cards. And you see several of these in today's text. So I want you to walk through this text with me and, and see all these failures. All of these failures that, that they lived and that we live often. So let's look. The first big red F uh, that you see is in verses 52 and 60. It's the same one. You see, in, in, in this text, Jesus is speaking truth. And as Jesus speaks truth to his disciples and to this crowd that's in front of him, the initial reaction is to doubt and question Jesus Christ. How can this man, how can this man say this to us? How can this man claim this? Who can listen to this man? Who can listen to this man if he teaches in this way? Who can listen to this man if he uses these kinds of analogies? Their initial reaction is to, to doubt and question, offer up different ways than what Jesus had offer, offered. And Jesus, he's here teaching them basic realities that define and undergird our lives. He's saying, this is the truth. This is the foundation that you need to stand upon. And as Jesus is teaching them the foundations of life, instead of taking notes and making sure they don't miss anything, they question Jesus. Their initial reaction is, that's not right. How can you say such a thing as this? See, that's our normal fleshly response. When God tells us something we don't want to hear, we bring up every alternative scenario and potential refutation to counter and to question. And when we counter and question the truth revealed in Scripture, God takes a holy red pen, writes a big old F on our report cards. If the message is not what tickles our ears or if we find the, the message difficult, we question Christ. If we want to move from an F to an A, we, we, don't, we don't question Christ. We follow him. Wherever he leads, I'll go. See, another big red F, similar in, in verse 62, or 52 and 61. Not only these, these people surrounding in on Jesus question him, but they begin to grumble and argue among themselves. And often this is where we end up when we're struggling in our faith. When we're struggling in our faith, we end up grumbling and arguing all the time. In fact, the further we move away from God, the more grumbling and arguing there seems to be in our lives. God doesn't intend that for us. In fact, if you find yourselves butting heads with, with people all the time, it's time to step back and re-examine our hearts and re-examine our lives. All this grumbling and arguing, it's a big, big F on the report card. Jesus calls us to be peacemakers filled with grace and love to the point of even in disagreement, it doesn't turn into that kind of grumbling and arguing that you see here. There's another, there's another big red F that shows up here. Shows up, it shows up then in the text. It shows up now, but it, but it also shows up in the Old Testament. Jesus points them back to Exodus 16. This one is a constant struggle for humanity. We, we get an F written up there when we struggle or when we strive for tomorrow's manna. Striving for tomorrow's manna. If you remember the Exodus story, Israel, they were wandering in the wilderness, and they were starving. They were struggling. Some of them were, were, were grumbling and arguing. They were wanting to, to go back. They said, why don't we just go back to Exodus? We were, we're happier there. We were, we were better fed there, and now we're, we're wandering out here in the wilderness. And they, they called upon the Lord to bring them food. They said, Lord God of heaven, you, you brought us into the situation to feed us. And, and he did. And when he began to feed them from heaven, it brought another lesson into their lives. God told them as he sent this manna from heaven that it would be for one day, not for tomorrow, but I'm going to give you your daily bread. And you're going to take up that daily bread and you're going to eat and you're going to be sustained for today. God, God provided exactly what they needed. 
for that one day, or two if it was the Sabbath. So this lesson is the same in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is preaching. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to worry about itself. So when we spend our lives striving for tomorrow's manna, we separate ourselves from God because we're, we're not trusting him. We're not trusting him to provide. When, when we're, we're worried about tomorrow's manna, we're worried about tomorrow's sustenance, we're worried about, about tomorrow's money, when we're worried about five years down the road and ten years down the road, we're not trusting our God. God says, I have all of history in my hands. You can trust me with the future. You, you, you be faithful and obedient today. Because I've provided for you today, and if I provide for you today, I'll provide for you tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. So when we start striving for tomorrow's manna on our own, it brings a big old F on the report card. Let's keep working down John 6. Look at John 6, 58 with me. So Jesus is continuing the same conversation. So I'm at the Exodus 16. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died, he who eats this bread will live forever. So in Israel, um, they ate of this manna that came, this bread that came down out of heaven. And, and that only sustained them for the day. It, it only provided sort of what their appetite and their flesh needed for that day. And they needed the next day. The, the manna only appeased them physically. And they needed so much more than to appease their physical bodies. There was a greater need than that. See, they didn't know it, but they needed more than even today's manna. And see, see, the reality is many of us strive not only for tomorrow's manna, which a lot of us do, which gets an F up there, but we also strive for today's manna. And even striving for today's manna gets us an F written up there. And this is what I mean here. And I think this, this is the primary point of Jesus here. You know, we tell ourselves and we teach our children, we even teach our children in school, that there are some basic needs in this life. Basic that food, water, shelter, those kinds of things. But God tells us otherwise. In fact, Scripture teaches otherwise. Right? That, that to strive for these kinds of things, even, even food, water, and shelter, is an effort in realizing an F on the report card. It's unnecessary for you to even strive for those kinds of things because your God loves you and He provides for you like He provides for the lilies of the field. And the sparrows of the air. God is going to take care of your life, and if you trust him, you put your faith in him, you're not even striving for today's manna. You know that it will come because God is faithful and just. That, that God, God loves you and God's your provider. He already has that in store for you today. So, so you, you don't even have physical needs because your God is a great provider. Those physical needs have already been tended to for today, for tomorrow, for eternity. Right, so to move from, from an F then to an A, we must move that striving to a, to a different place, from chasing after manna for sustenance to striving for our God, hungering and thirsting after our Savior, letting God be our sustenance more than anything else in this world. See, Jesus is all the food and drink that we need in this life. When he's saying, my, my, my flesh is to be eaten, my blood is, is for you to drink, because he's our sustenance. He, he's the one who has made everything right. He has become the, the sacrifice for our sins. And he has made this life what it needs to be by his sacrifice. Nothing of our own. Now keep, keep working with me here. We're down John 6. Let's move to John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The flesh profits nothing. When, this, is, this is our next F. When, when you submit to yourself, that, that's an F on the report card. See, so, so much of, of the world around us today is this attitude of determining what I want or, or determining what, what my body desires and chasing after that with all that I have. The, the common thought that is if, if I indulge my urges, then I'll be happy and fulfilled which is one of the greatest lies of human history. Indulging the urges of the flesh aren't what provide us fulfillment and purpose and life and joy. In fact, Scripture teaches something very different. Scripture teaches that the body or your flesh is something to be brought under discipline. 
something to be brought under control and order, that your heart and your imagination, this is what Scripture teaches, your heart and your imagination are devious and will lead you down roads of destruction. See, when your appetites define you, when your fleshly appetites define you, you become a bloated caricature of yourself. Your body always wants more. It's never satisfied, always wanting more. The sign of maturity then, the sign of, of, the, of God at work in your life is not submitting any further to yourself. Not submitting any further to your, to your ego and your imagination, but challenging and disciplining yourself so that you're not a slave to your urges. You move from that F to an A when you can tell your body no. You move from slavery to freedom when you're no longer defined by your urges. There's one more. There's another F floating out here. Look at, look at verse 66 with me. John 6, 66. As a result of, of this, of his teachings, Jesus' teachings, many of the disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. When Jesus said all these things that I just repeated, there were a lot of people that stopped following him. There were a lot of people that went their own way. The text says they withdrew from Jesus. When they were confronted with truth, instead of repenting and turning to Christ, they did the opposite of repenting, right? They withdrew from Christ. So when we talk about repenting, we, we know that, that we have the, this life here, we have sin here, we have self here, and ego here, and we, we turn away from that. So the, the image of, of repenting is turning from that and turning to God and coming nearer to Jesus Christ. They, they did the opposite of that. So they, they started to withdraw from Christ. They just went back to their old ways. Whenever the novelty of Christ wore off, they didn't really want to listen to him. See, the, the crowds that were gathering in close to Christ, they, they wanted a show. They wanted Jesus to satisfy the, the indulgement of their flesh, just to satisfy their, their selves. And when Christ wasn't that, when Christ was more, they withdrew. So the A is to repent the F on the report card is to withdraw from Jesus Christ. You know, I heard a story recently of a friend's stepfather. It's a hard story to hear because it's about a grown man who cannot read. He had been to school, graduated from high school, graduated from college, and he still could not read. Unfortunately for him, he was good at football, and he could play college football well. But what that meant, that he could play college football well, is all the way through school, all the way through high school, he just got passed along, still couldn't read. He got to college, all the way through college, passed along, never failed a course, still couldn't read. Teachers didn't teach him. They just passed him because he could play football. They all cared more about the enjoyment of the football season than this man's development. Now this former college football player is trying to operate in a world without an, without an education and without literacy. They just, they just passed him along. And when you just get passed along, life gets awfully difficult, which it became for him. See, this is one of the many flaws of our appetite for football, and it's the exact opposite of what our God does. Because you have to understand, God's not just going to pass us along. Sometimes we hear God so loved the world, and we think, oh, God's just going to pass everybody along. That's not the case. That's not love, and that's not what God does. He doesn't just pass people along. If you deserve an F on your life report card, you are getting an F. Right, where these sorts of things show up that we've been talking about, when they show up in our life, God gives you an F. And the sad reality is, and we, we know this in this room, every one of us in this room deserve all kinds of Fs marked across our life report cards. Across the board, we deserve Fs. And that's where the grace of our God comes in. Because, because we have failed, and we will fall short on our own always. But the grace of God comes in. Even in our failure, and even in our treason, God has provided grace. God has provided his son, Jesus Christ. God has provided us a way out. That's what God does. That, that was the great coming of Jesus Christ, was the way out for us. It was the way to redemption by his body and his blood. Right? You, you cannot pass in this life alone. You, you can't do it. You aren't going to be able to pass by yourself. You have to have the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. 
See, all those F's that we have, all those failures that we have marked up across our life, they become A's in the person of Jesus Christ, in an instant through Jesus Christ. See, many of us, we, we tend to think that in our natural ability and in our natural state, we can just bring those grades up. We can just take care of this on our own. If we try harder, if we study harder, if we just do our own thing, we'll be able to get it up on our own. But the message of Scripture, the message of our God is you cannot do it on your own because you are a flawed and failed human. You're never going to be able to stop the arguing and grumbling on your own. You're never going to be able to stop striving for worldly things on your own. You're never going to be able to stop indulging the flesh on your own. You're never going to be able to, to stop withdrawing from Christ on your own. We're not capable of that kind of thing. That's why we're, we have F's all across our life report cards. And you're going to fail until your entire life is kept up in the hands of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. That's why he came and the message of Christ wasn't, wasn't get better it wasn't do right. It wasn't sort of do all these things, get right, and then come back to me. It was believe and repent. That was the message of Jesus Christ. Believe in me and repent, and you will be saved. So that's the, the only way out. That's the only way we move from an F to an A in this life. Everything else in this life it is an F apart from Jesus Christ. Except believing in the power and glory of Jesus Christ all the rest of it is just an F. The, on, the only A, the only passing, the, the only glory, the only joy in this life is bound up in this person of Jesus Christ. And so this, this is where we, we have to be resolved. And we have to be resolved to trust him and obey him no matter what. So when, when, this, when these things start to happen in our lives and, and, and grumbling starts to show up, Really, we need to be obedient to him. We just need to look up and call in the name of Jesus Christ. The nation of Israel calling out from the wilderness, calling out to God, saying, help me, heal me, provide for me. When the, when the grumbling starts to come, we look up to our God and say, heal me. You alone are the provider. Come and heal and provide for me. The same thing when, when we start striving for worldly things. Look up to God and say, heal me, God. Bring me into your presence. When we, when we start to indulge the flesh, you notice your flesh starting to take over. Look up to God and say, heal me, Father, redeem me, make this right, because it's you alone that make it right. Whenever you feel yourself start to withdraw from Jesus Christ, look up, look up and say, heal me, Father, bring me back in your presence, abide in me and I in you, and they, this will be made right. When I trust in him, abide with him, it's in the person of Jesus Christ that all this is, all this is made right. We all have F's across the board, and you're not going to be able to make it right on your own. The only way it's made right is through the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what we do in this place this morning. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful to be here. Grateful for your presence, for your guidance. Grateful for that Holy Spirit that comes and comforts, nurtures grows us up. And Lord, we pray that your spirit would, would stir in our hearts this morning. And as your spirit stirs, Lord, that we, we wouldn't run like Jonah. Lord, that we'd lean in, come near. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We're going to have our time of response now, like we do every week. We expect everybody in here to respond to God in some way this morning. Um, we're going we're gonna to sing, we're going to give, we're going to sing from the bottom of our hearts, we're going to give joyfully. I want you to, to take the opportunity though, I want you to feel free to, if you want, to remain seated and journal. Write out what God's doing in your heart. Sometimes it's more important for us to kind of sit and process those things, writing them out. Maybe you need to do that, or maybe you need to draw an image from today's text. Take some time to put that on paper. The altar is open, come kneel and pray. Ask your God for hope, for healing, for guidance. They're open. I'll, I'll be on this side. Brian, Brian will be here. We'll be ready to receive you if you want to pray. We're talking about accepting Christ or about this church. We'll be happy to receive you. Now is the time. Now is the time to do it. Let's stand and let's respond.
as we give and we consider what God has given to us. Be seated. I think that was short enough. You can play that again. <laughs> the new year is a wonderful opportunity and time for you to rethink your commitment and, and renew your commitment to understanding Scripture and loving Scripture more. So Christianity Explored is a wonderful way to do that. So we've asked uh, Dania Rossi to come and talk to us about Christianity Explored and what that offering might mean for you. Thank you, dear. Hello. Um, for several years, I've been listening to the testimonies of church members that had completed the Christianity Explore class and the impact that it had in their lives. Finally, this past fall, I made time to take the class because I knew that I needed it. Although I've been a Christian since I was about 13 and had attended Christian schools, I was struggling in my faith. I knew that I needed to go back to the basics um, and to the foundations of our faith. Christianity Explored addressed these concerns. We read the book of Mark and studied Christ's identity, his mission, why he came to earth, and the call that he has for those that follow him. The teachers were very helpful and dedicated for us to learn. I gained new insights um, from the class discussions and videos that we watched. As a result, I have been challenged to become more involved in the church and have rededicated my faith to Christ. I more deeply understand Christ's sacrifice and the love that he has for us all. If you're a new Christian or if you're struggling in your faith or need to go over the foundations of our faith, I highly recommend this class. This is one way to turn those Fs into As, uh, as we learn from today. So Christianity Explored will begin again this coming Sunday, January 13th at 9.30, or if you want to take the class on Wednesdays, January 16th at 6.15, um, and you can have or ask for information at the Ask Me desk or at the church website. Thank you. Amen. We have a, a big week in front of us. Um, Maybe a long week, maybe a difficult week, but it, it's a, a big week. It is Don and Holly's uh, last week with us. And so we want to honor them well. And so we hope you remember them this week, lift them up in prayer this week, and come honor them well uh, with us this week. Uh, there's, there's two primary ways that we're going to honor them this week, Friday night. We're going to have a foundation event. It's going to celebrate giving Friday night, January 11th at 6 p.m. And that's going to be kind of a trial run for the 4th Street Crossing. In fact, I heard yesterday that it's, a, it's basically done um, and looking good and about ready to go so we can go in there and give that uh, room a trial run and see how it's working. 
um, you'll get to see that space. You'll get to hear from our foundation. Um, but this is how we're going to honor Don and Holly. There, there's going to be a moment in that time and in that, that program uh, where they have a special announcement for, for Don and Holly um, and, and want to honor them well and honor them well um, for a long time uh, here in this place. So come, uh, come Friday night. You can hear more about that. We'll continue in the weekend. Sunday morning will be Don's last Sunday. We will have our 8.30 uh, a.m. service Sunday morning, and we'll have a, a, a time to, to honor him after the 8.30 service as well. Uh, however, 11 is going to be the, our larger service. We're, we're not going to have Lagos uh, next week. The Lagos congregation will, will be in here with us. We've invited our international congregations to come participate with us at 11 as well. And from 11 to 12, it's going to be as normal as possible. It's what Don wanted. In fact, it's, it's fitting following this text. We're going to have Lord's Supper together next week. It's going to be Don's last Lord's Supper with us. Um, and so we're going to do that all together um, in this room from 11 to 12. Then from about 12 to 12.15, we're going to have a short ceremony in here. We're going to present Don with uh, a couple of gifts. Uh, my understanding, the Baptist General Convention of Texas also has something. They're going to be here. They want to present to Don as well. And so there's going to be some gifts. Uh, we're going to honor them from about 12 to 12.15 in this room. Then at around 12.15, we're going to usher Don and Holly across the street to 4th Street. And we're going to have a reception for them from about 12.15 to about 3. Um, and we're just going to love on them. We're going to honor them. We're going to hug them. We're going to have pictures. We want you to go by and pray for them, uh, hug them, uh, be with them in that time. So Don and Holly have served here well for 23 years. So we need to honor them well this week. So remember that. Pray for them. Be here next weekend. It, it's, it's going to be good. So please note that. So moving uh, sort of beyond that, the, the next weekend, January 18 and 19, is our regular scheduled strategic planning. And I hope you'll come to that. It's a Friday night or a Saturday morning where we get together and we talk about uh, our goals for, for the next year, what we think God has in store for us. We, we pray about our future and where we think God is leading. And so you come to one of those, either the Friday night or the Saturday morning, and uh, we'll get to have a, a good conversation together um, about the next year. So I hope you'll come and, and be a part of that. Um, another thing in, in life together, I hope this is not confusing. Um, we have our women's Bible study listed in our program here, the Armor of God, that's Wednesday nights. Uh, be aware, we, we still have and also offer a Tuesday morning women's Bible study at 930, and that's on Exodus. So we want you to come. You have two options for women's Bible study, um, uh, Tuesday mornings or, or Wednesday evenings. And Tuesdays is Exodus. Uh, Wednesday night is the Armor of God. And, and one more. You see the uh, beautiful floral arrangement in front of me. Those... Um, are to the glory of God and in loving memory of Lucille and Tony Broadus um, by their son, Mike. So we're thankful for Mike and, and for that, that memory and their faith. Thank you. Before we're dismissed today, I do want to call your attention to these lovely poinsettias that have adorned our uh, platform for this entire Advent and Christmas season. So I'm um, following today's service, we will be undecorating the church. So if you would like one of these poinsettias, you are free to come get one. Now, be gracious and don't push anyone out of the way as you come up after service. Um, we've got plenty of poinsettias all along here and, and let people clear out. Just be loving as you do so, but you're welcome to take one of those home. So let us be dismissed today with a song of the angels. Hark the herald angels sing, standing together. Good morning. At the close of this broadcast, I want to say thank you to you, the TV congregation. For 23 years, it's been my privilege to preach God's Word from this place. And part of my joy has been to know that you were with me. January 13th will be my last Sunday. I leave this church in the able hands of Dr. Chris Johnson. I want you to love him the way you have loved me. But as I prepare to retire, I'm grateful for you. Every prayer, every note, thank you. God bless you, friends. Serve well until the Lord comes and we'll be together again.